Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. First one of 2023 and I'm debuting on our podcast my new hairstyle, my new look. When I met you. 2023, new year, new me. The clues were in. You did seem like really into your hair, but I didn't know it was like something that you would obsess over. You would need like fresh haircuts every week or every other week. Every uh, fortnight you need a haircut. Fortnight. I'll do a fortnight. And uh, it looks cute though, Mosh. Thank you. It's But I um, don't want to talk about it anymore. Wait, but hold on. But you said something funny about it. What's that? Um, I asked you, because you're right. I got this new hairstyle. It's called, a, I think it's called a French crop. Are you and, kidding? No, I saw it in the film. Wait, that haircut has a name, Moshe? Yeah, it has a name, French Crop. Oh, my and God. And I, I saw the film um, All Quiet on the Western Front, mm-hmm. a movie about Not the tragedy and pointlessness of war and the carnage that comes with uh, with the jingoistic, saber-rattling um, uh, industrial military-industrial complex and how, in the end, all war is a pointless skirmish for land that belongs to no one. And in the end, all that remains is death. And I thought to myself, watching it, now that guy has a really cool haircut. I'd like to try it. So I tried it. I got it. I was a little, I'm a little self-conscious about it still. So I was asking you every day if you liked it. You were very supportive. You said, yes, it looks cute. Yes, it looks cute. And then I pinned you down, finally, physically. And I said, what do you think, though, really? Tell me. And you said, I thought this was a funny quote, a notable quotable. You said, um, it's less attractive than your last haircut, but you look more like a model, which I, <laughs> you know, I don't know. That feels kind of like, I don't know if that's a win or, or a loss for me, but. I think it's funny that you went and watched All Quiet on the Western Front, a film about like these brave men and mm. you like just got the haircut. Yeah, I'm saying I look at, the, I look at what the, about, like, the savagery of war and I think, ooh, that's a, that's a cute crop. Listen, you look cute, honey. Thank you. You're like a you're like a soldier. You're like a prince. Speaking of a prince, oh yeah, I watched Harry and Meghan. Oh, you watched it? Yeah, with you. We watched it together. Well, Moshe told me I'm gonna watch it no matter what. Well, so if you want to watch it with me, and I was like, well, you're gonna watch this no matter what. Well, I was about. And I guess I'll watch. I was about to start it. I knew that uh, Natasha, part of your performative persona, is that you have disdain for the royals, and I thought that disdain would carry you into watching the documentary, and in fact, it was making you. Uh, say you wouldn't watch a documentary, which I understand. I'll never watch a Taylor Swift documentary. Listen, let me just say, I am a Harry and Meghan fan now. Uh, I'm all about uh, when Harry met Meghan. <laughs>
It, I mean, that was the love story of our time. And when she when she said that when she was like 12, she wrote a letter to the dishwashing liquid company. Ivory. Ivory to have them to stop saying just women should wash dishes. And they changed their ad. I was like, all right. You were in. I was you, in. You saw l- little baby Tanelica, which is, in fact, 2023, we're ready to reveal the name of our kid. It's Tanelica Casher Legero. <laughs> Uh, so you saw little Tanelica writing a, a similar letter to like, let's say, Elon Musk and saying, please, please remove the um, Twitter blue subscription price or something like that. Listen, I was impressed. Um, I liked that he was in the I liked it because it, it was reminding me when because he was in the army, but he also like knew how to protect her from an elephant. Like when they were in <laughs> that was deep such, Botswana, was, that really had an effect on me because she was like, wait, there's elephants out there. He's like, don't worry. I'll protect you. That's a great British accent, no by the way. <laughs> as posh as it gets. Don't worry. I'll protect you. I mean, not many men can protect you from an elephant is all I'm saying. Every man in Botswana, <laughs> the actual Botswana people. Well, I have never met anyone who would know if we were camping. How to protect, I, I how to protect you, me from an elephant. I can tell you that I would not be able to protect you from an elephant. <laughs> I know, Although but, I did get a really. But you do have a cute French crop. I have a French crop and a machete. I got a, I got a machete for Hanukkah. My friend, my friend. Uh, Albie got subscribed to one of those man boxes. No, you got a machete motion. Yeah, he subscribed to one of these man boxes and he started opening them up and he was like interested, interested. And then all of a sudden he pulls out a, a machete and his wife was like, get that the fuck out of our house. So, Oh, so you brought it to our house? So we brought it to our house because no, I'm more of a machete No, I don't want that man. at the house, honey. You want to know how to get protected from an elephant? <laughs> it's a fucking machete. That's how. Okay, listen. All right, so we have someone wrote in. Uh, watch Harry and Megan. Wait, I wanted if- to talk more about Harry and M. H&M. H&M. <laughs> I want to talk more about H&M. Listen, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I didn't feel at the end like, oh, these people are cool and down to earth, but I did feel like it was very in the interesting. Well, first of all, it was very funny when she said, I really liked him because he had such good manners. I was like, oh, really? The Prince of England had good manners? They invented the fake thing that you think of when you think of manners. Like, that's I like, also like when they're looking at their phones and she's like, Beyonce just texted. Oh, Beyonce texted. Oh. I could die. I mean, they're fame whores. The truth is, the two of them. No, but it was a very. Um, it made me really. Uh, hmm. Made me really appreciate them because I had never thought about the aspect of the public eye, and I didn't really understand that they were just sort of like, um, you know, kind of part of being a royal is doing this sort of um, publicity. Yeah, you, but I mean, but constantly, they- and then also how thirsty people in England are to like get a picture of you. So you can never leave the house. Well, I was struck on this documentary. So you go from compound to compound. I was struck with this documentary um, about how the Royal family in England, which I've never quite been able to wrap my brain around. I mean, I kind of understand what they are. I know why they exist, right? They are, you know how we have the founding fathers. Mm -hmm. Imagine the founding fathers lived in a building down the street. Like they never, their founding fathers aren't a like ghost idea. Mm-hmm. Everybody's everybody's like worshiping the ghost of Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin. They're like, oh, the ghost flew a kite and discovered electricity. But they have their ghosts living. So it's this like f- symbol of like in- Englandness. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows more than in than in uh, America. I think everybody knows uh, that they are they do they do not really have a need to exist. They are only there as a like a symbol for like England's patriotism. So their whole existence is based on them like spinning this plate of sleight of hand of like no we're we are justified our existence is justified you without us what is the national morale or whatever and then as soon as a country in the commonwealth is like i don't think we want to be owned by you anymore they're like okay that's fine yeah well we went to versailles uh, when we went to paris last summer and uh, uh the what happened to marie antoinette at versailles i was like oh the royals whole outward persona in the last hundred years is all about not having their heads chopped off like Marie Antoinette. They're, they they know they shouldn't exist. They know there's no justification for them. And yet they just keep like going like, oh, look, I'm visiting a hospital. Mm, see, we should have 50 estates in England and have gilded cages. But anyway, then all of a sudden, here comes this woman who could finally sort of almost make their sleight of hand, their illusion trick to justify their existence, um, 
feel more justifiable because she's a person of color in so many countries in the Commonwealth, which they also lord over. Right, are people of color? So they thought, oh, now they, all of a sudden there's some representation. There's representation, but beyond beyond that, the the people in the Commonwealth who are people of color could actually feel literally feel represented by a, a royal, so they could start to buy into the let's admit it bullshit idea that royalty is valuable. They they knew it. I know that they knew it. They're not stupid. The royals are, if anything, they are intelligent. They're well-educated people. They knew that a woman of color being in their family would go a great way towards justifying their existence, and they still couldn't get over their weird, petty desire to be like, oh, the most posh, most talked about king. Uh, why are they talking about the duchess? I am the, the king to come. It's the dumbest. They're you watch so- it, and you just think like aliens like in the next generation could watch this, and it just looks like um, a joke it's, it's like a farce it is truly a farce what what fools but what harry and megan we love you um come to our podcast oh yeah we would love to have harry and megan on our podcast if you have any connections to the royals <laughs> themselves please have them get in touch with us <laughs> okay we, okay we got a letter we have to get to this too mosh okay um, I thought this would be good uh, for you. All right. Hi, Natasha and Moshe. I really love the podcast. You are both cute and funny. I'm even cuter now. And I never miss an episode, but there is one thing that is hard to let go by when it comes up every episode. Moshe's constant comical disrespect, but what sounds like true disdain for boomers. Okay. Interesting. As a member of that demo, I find that the needling is fairly accurate and understand most of the friends I have can take a joke. So bring it on. We love to tease each other about our what hurts today and what can't I do anymore conversations. So this is someone like over 60. I guess boomers are our parents age, right? Okay. Okay. But I can also actually boomers are our parents age uh, technically, but if you are Gen Z boomers are everyone, but you and babies, (laughs) we are boomers. But I can also tell you, Moshe, in 2023, the boomers do seem like the only demo that is spoken about by people younger than us as a demo that does not deserve a voice, any respect, or that their opinions matter because we were born before cell phones and grew up without and don't want or need anti-social media. Don't want or need anti-social media. Okay, whatever. And because when we were younger, houses were more affordable. That's true. They all, all, every boomer, unless you really fucked up, does have some property. Right. Oh, imagine being a propertyless boomer. Imagine being a propertyless boomer. <laughs> Say anything negative about any other demo in the world, and you will and should get called out for it. But boomers, eh. I know boomers who have their heads up their asses, some who are truly brilliant, and some who live with their heads in their clouds, in the clouds. I know boomers who are ultra liberals, boomer communists, boomer thruples, boomer incels, boomer Jews, Catholic atheists, boomer Satanists, boomer, he's got a lot of friends, boomer gay allies, this person knows a lot of people. boomer homophobes, boomer racists, uh, MAGA boomers, and even ex-MAGA boomers who can't believe they were fooled so badly in 2016. Well, what I do not know are boomer gamers or boomer DJs. There are boomer <laughs> DJs out there. There are. There definitely are. I isn't. Wouldn't Danny Tanaglia? Will you look up Danny Tanaglia birth date? That's one of the OG uh, DJs. You're I'm just sure showing how old you are, Moshe. Okay, okay. We are potential allies or enemies, just like any age demo there is. <clears throat> the other thing to remember, Moshe, is in a few years, like it or not, you and Natasha both will be considered the new boomers to whatever will come after Gen Z. Keep up the good work. Love you both. Well, let me just say that this person. What do you say to that, hun? Well, I say that this person, in reading this letter, uh, I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but they seem old and out of touch. <laughs> Does that make any sense to anybody? They seem like they kind of don't get it. I mean, look, I don't care. Boomers are uh, much like the founding fathers and the royals. Boomers are an idea. The reason boomers are gone after is not because they're old. They're not the oldest people, aren't there? People older than them, the golden generation, golden, mm, the silent, generation. silent. Whatever. Are they still alive? <laughs> the reason people go after boomers is not because of their age. It's because of what they did in the sixties. Exactly. I'm sure you know a bunch of they, meaning like you know. Totally. I'm sure you know a bunch of cool seventy-year-olds. Obviously, not all seventy-year-olds are bad people, but it's the it's the it's the the seventy-year-old idea in the cultural consciousness that is the reason people go after boomers it's not because they got older i mean they're not going to come after us ever 
because my generation is perfect. We invented AOL, the golden age of hip hop, and raves. Nobody can ever assail that. All right, honey. Well, what do you think, though? I I, I get maybe what, you should like uh you know tone back your disdain a little bit. I don't think of myself as a person who rails against boomers that often. There this are th- guy says every. Do you think episode, so, Laura? Am I an anti-boomer? Do I have an anti-boomer voice? <laughs> it's a recurring thing. Listen, boomers, if you're listening, I'm sorry, and I want to know that you're okay, boomer. <laughs> okay, I don't mean to. I don't mean to talk Listen, shit. Listen, you can't get away with the same stuff with that French crop. Oh, you're right. And it, with new two two zero two three new look, new me. Uh, I love boomers, and I don't. I, I I do think that the problem actually. I don't. It is in fact uh, the the symbolism of what the boomers have done to the climate, to the to to the government, to our country, to property values, to pushing uh, um, um, unfettered and unregulated capitalism forward. I know what you're saying. Not all boomers, but you know, kind of like you know. Yeah, but all lives that's matter. What we're all doing. What's what's what we're all doing? Is is everyone in our generation stopping capitalism? No, 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 definitely not. I think, but I think that 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 particular generation, the one that the one that um, that made all of the money in the '80s, bought all of the property, and now is looking out, is doing like a kind of a a a NIMBY thing with their with their money, and Mm. I I think that is the in fact the issue. But I don't. I'm sorry, boomers. I don't. I'm going to take a good good look at myself. And and uh, make some adjustments and not make bl- make blanket statements about any generation. It's not like I'm young. I mean, I I look younger with this haircut than I did a few weeks ago. You look special. What do you mean by that? <laughs> you mean I look like one of a kind, or like I look like there's something wrong with me? <laughs> you think I look like um, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> Are you okay? Can we cut that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you hate my haircut? No. <laughs> Are you okay? It does look a little dumb and dumb. <laughs> oh no. Oh man, what a reveal for the end of the intro. Well, uh, <clears throat> let's see what people think because you also look cute. It's just you know. Okay, listen. Honey, uh, it looks good. Thanks, uh, Natasha. Uh, we you have look a- like a model. <laughs> You said that, not me. You said you look a little Gucci. No, do I look dumb? No, you look cute. Oh my God, I don't even know what to believe anymore. You look cute. I like you just feathered it forward, kind of. To, oh my God, does it look bad? I look like the second phase of Justin. B- Fuck both of you. <laughs> okay, listen. Let's let the people weigh in, honey. Oh my God, I'm feeling very self-conscious now. All I right. thought I looked cute when I looked in the mirror. You do look cute. You do look cute. You know what it was imitating the royals with that haircut <laughs> that's what kind of was setting me over i'm sorry all right listen we have someone waiting to okay, talk to well, us can we t- please talk we're to doing them? a special edition which is a which is a holiday hangover episode um are you okay tosh yes. do i look stupid no oh my god i can't even do this you podcast don't, you don't you don't all right holiday hangover go and uh it's people just don't pretend like you're the queen anymore okay it's people <laughs> who had issues over the holidays and who now are calling in to discuss such issues. Okay, so listen, we have someone who needs to talk to us post-holiday. This is a post-holiday blues episode, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said it was a holiday hangover. It's either one. Choose it. Whichever one you like. Okay, we're going to call Daniel in Portland. New Portland. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know how you've been getting an email from um, that yoga, online yoga company you signed up for in the beginning of the pandemic that says your monthly bill is ready for the last two and a half years? <laughs> yeah, I have so many of those. And you know how you haven't done that yoga the yeah. entire time? Yeah. Well, I want to tell you about something special. It's called Rocket Money. Formerly known as Truebill, it's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Apparently, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. She's one of them. I'm one of them. I'm sure I have more than one. I had a, I had a subscription to Xbox Live for four years after I bought my PlayStation. I, don't, I didn't have an Xbox. 
Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. Thanks to Rocket Money, I no longer subscribe to Xbox Live. It makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions now and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. That's rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. Rocketmoney.com slash honeymoon. Hello. Hello, we can't see you. Hi, Daniel. I just <clears throat> tried to start the video. Is that uh, working yet? There, there he is. Come Daniel. on, we got to see you. you. Look, you look like the living, breathing epitome of a man in Portland. <laughs> this is true, Fair. Daniel. Uh, we have some questions before we get into your life. Okay, two zero two three. New look, new me. I've got a new hairstyle. Natasha says it looks uh, somewhere between a Gucci model and Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Any takes on... Can you see it? Do you want me to come closer to you? I would love for you to come yeah, closer. Yeah, I'll come yeah. closer. I'm not afraid to do that. Just from a distance, I could see the, the Jim Carrey. Hey, uh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. hey. Yeah, kind of a, hey, what's up, Daniel? How you doing? Hey, what do you much. think? It's called a French crop. Hold on. Let me give you yeah. the full. Let me give you the full. Honey, once you told me it had a name, I knew you were doomed. I feel like you could be like doing your stand-up sets like on a stool with like a fat cigar now and like a cup of whiskey. A I don't cigar? Oh, I, like, this is a new this is a new take on it. I look I look old school. I look all right, Daniel. Listen, this doesn't feel like a full cosine of my hairstyle, but <laughs> how can we help you? Yeah, uh I I guess I feel weird uh in terms of like gifting at times. Uh where uh especially with like some people in my life where I feel as though like the intention and like thoughtfulness is not representative re- represented through uh, gifting. Mm. Uh, your, your significant other gave you a shitty gift. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that, but like uh, that has, I guess overall in a general gifting thing. And I, I go to burning man. So gifting is a, a thing that I've, tried to work on over oh the last oh brother tell Wait, me about that's it. a burning man thing i guess i mean usually it's some tchotchke that looks like a, a thing you got at a bar in new orleans from a drunk white lady but but just listen all you can do is model the behavior that you would that you want and Ooh. just keep giving your per- partner and person in your life people in your life you know thoughtful significant like gifts that like really like clearly you thought about like and i think that I had to have a talk with Moshe and I had to tell him you you can't just like get, get bake me. you a chocolate cake from <clears throat> scratch. No, that was sweet. But like he'll, he would also like one Christmas, he just like gave me a book what? <laughs> that was like a book that <clears throat> I don't remember what it was, but is it your own book? No, but it? I'm just saying it was like my book. Yeah. Wait, bring that home for me on a Tuesday, bro. T- Daniel, I got some questions for you. Um, can we get okay. some more specifics here? Like, what did you give? Is that part of it? Is that you gave a really nice gift? Like and expensive. You, and you received something kind of like not that thoughtful? Is that kind of what went down? Uh, it's like, yeah, in a, in a way, it's like, yeah, I feel like I've like given like thoughtful things and then like you're given something back that's like on Amazon. Mm. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I it's ha- like useful, but like wasn't, I, yeah, it's just like, I, I don't know where the, True thoughtfulness was. And also it's like trying to get like Moshe gave me a broom this Christmas, this Hanukkah. I gave you a bunch of other shit, too. But like, I'm like, yeah, you don't need to give me a broom for a present. No, it's Hanukkah, <laughs> Daniel. It's Hanukkah. You, you don't need to give yeah, me. You need to spread that out. You have you to know, spread it out. You can't do solid days and then. Yeah, have some room days. Exactly. But like getting someone something like that you need for the home or something that's going like a salad spinner. Oh, actually, I did give you a salad. You spinner gave me a salad year. spinner and you gave me Hanukkah socks. <laughs> socks are a great gift. I okay. love socks. Daniel, I have I have the wisdom that you need. I believe I believe I know. He's not going to tell you the details, honey. No, no, no. I, it's fine. I, I don't need the details. I, I have a, I have a, uh, a tale as old as time to tell you. Okay. But I think Natasha's right that part of, uh, if it is your significant other, part of it is you could have the conversation where you say, you know, I put a lot of time and effort into this, and you know, I don't need anything fancy. You don't like my toaster oven. I, you don't have to give me anything fancy, but you could, you know. I, but I'm not gonna. I would recommend against that. Here's, here's my tale. 
I used to drive across the Bay Bridge all the time to go into San Francisco from Oakland, right? And I would drive through to the, this is back when they had toll booth operators, right? And I would give them the money and I would always say, how you doing? And they would, I would say nine times out of 10, hand me my, wordlessly hand me my change back and not answer me. And I would most of the time go, well, nice, uh, good, okay, well, I guess nice to talk to you too or some version of that. Either I'd mutter it to myself or I'd say it to them. I did that for a long time. And then I asked myself one day, why am I saying how are you to these people? Am I saying it to be kind and to to treat them like a nice human being does or am I saying it so that they will be kind to me? Am I saying it in order that they will learn how to interact? Am I trying to teach them a lesson when I, what am I doing exactly? And so I realized that and then I go, oh, I should just say, how you doing? Because it's the nice thing to say and not expect that they're going to give me what I want back. So you have a choice, which is to get a good gift. I mean, if nothing else, Burning Man should teach you this. You can be a good gift giver without getting good gifts. That can be your yeah. your thing. People go, Daniel, you want to be friends with Daniel. You want to fuck Daniel because Daniel will give you the greatest holiday gifts you'll ever get. He doesn't even care if you get him a uh, an iPhone cozy that looks like a rabbit. Like he don't he won't care. That's literally what I wanted. <laughs> but that being said, I did. I've had to have like two or three gift conversations with Mo- Moshe throughout the course of our life so far. When we first dated, he was always getting his brother a really nice gift for his birthday, but then wouldn't get me a birthday present. And I was like, listen, you have to get me a birthday present. And he was like, well, I believe that we should get presents for people whenever we feel like it, not just on like the holidays or their birthday. And I was like, yeah, that's not a thing. Don't do that. And then he started. Then one year he got me records from all of these um you know, all, like some significant records because I collect some records and it was like, you know, the record we were listening to when we first had sex or the record we, when we went and saw that play we loved and oh, yeah. like you brought, bought me like Porgy two, and Bess and like- Two live crews nasty as you want to be. <laughs> oh yeah. That no, was but it was very, <laughs> it was very thoughtful. Like he had gone and like went to a record store and like really thought about it and came back with these like five albums. They were so, like one was like a sitar album because we had sitar play at our wedding. You know, it was like really a pretty gift, but like if I wouldn't have cracked the whip, he wouldn't have done that. And then another time I did it, and then then I started getting cool ass shit all the time. I got I got this really cool cape with like the astrological signs on it. Um, You're I got, actually wearing a gift that I got you. I got a cool painting. He that, got me this that, necklace that in necklace antique mar- market yesterday. That you're wearing right now, I got for you. I know, no. but that's because I've throughout the years cracked the whip so i'm just i'm just saying i daniel might need to crack that whip i don't know and I that's mean, probably something else you learned at burning man or i might just have to fuck motion like uh, come on but I knew, I knew motion knew what a thoughtful gift was because he gave one to his brother every year hold on me and daniel are having a moment right now okay <laughs> could you back up just a touch um i i hear i think that there's a balance between the two daniel the likelihood is that because this is something that's important i here's another oh i got another great piece of wisdom here's what i've started to notice about massage in my life the way that you massage your partner is the way they want to be massaged because uh, and I'm sorry, it's the way you want to be massaged, right? The way you rub your partner is, is in fact, based on your own feelings of pleasure. You go, I feel pleasure when people do this to me and therefore I, this is how I rub. And so you are a person. Is he gone? That's good. Cause I was, right uh, I was fully losing my train of thought and what I was even talking about with that massage metaphor. But the, my point was that you give, you give gifts in the way that you want to receive them, right? That's what you want. The reason that you give elaborate gifts is that gifting is important to you. It's an important value to you. But you're with somebody else. And the way they massage you, it almost never matches the way you actually want to be massaged because they're massaging you the way they like to be massaged. And so your partner or whoever it is you're talking about, he or she gives gifts in the way that they want to get, get gifts. They don't care. It's not important to them. So they're just tossing it out. Oh, here, here's, here's this bullshit. And so saying, like Natasha said, like, you know, I'm not saying I didn't love everything you got me, but I'm a person, I want a little bit more thoughtful, like, like personalness and thoughtfulness in the gifts. And, and here's know. another hack. One last tip. You can do experiential things together. So you can say, hey, I want to, for our present this year, I want to get us, oh, you know, smart, this Natasha. night in a hotel and we're going to go to this dinner and I planned out the whole day and then they're going to feel like a dang fool when they give you your um, scrubby or whatever they're giving you from Amazon. 
Um, but I thought you were going to say something else, which is that like, if you really want a gift to be feel significant, you could set your person up to get you a good gift. You could crack the whip, which I think Natasha is suggesting, but you could also say this year for the holidays, let's do this. Let's give each other theme. Let's and then it's like you're paying for it, but it's also something you're both experiencing, like whether it be a couple's massage or a night at a hotel or no, you know, but something I was, you're, yeah. But I was, I'm yes ending what you're saying and saying you could take it a step further and say this year for the holidays, instead of buying each other gifts, I'm going to plan an adventure in, you're in Portland. So what kind of adventures do you like? You could even in, do a mountain in, climbing day In a di- sort of didgeridoo camp or something like that. Your job will be, to you know bring all of the picnics or your job you know you can kind of set the person up for success to make you happy by kind of setting the terms of this year's gift giving thing will be leather themed this year's gift giving you know what i'm saying and then the person will be forced to think a little bit about it because you've set the terms yeah i i, I definitely see that being a viable option i mean what did uh, you get though for real what was the gift this year I, <laughs> You can't it's, say it's not a, it's not a very specific situation it's just a, a culmination of situations it felt thoughtless he doesn't want to say okay All listen right. well good luck i hope we helped you i hope we helped anyone else calling i i know it's helped me i've got a lot of cool ass stuff now motion one year got me a wooden a french wooden thermometer it's so beautiful it's hand carved he's always getting me thoughtful presents well you now. know what natasha talks a lot about this thing this love language thing that has a lot of currency right now which is that different people they like to be loved in different ways right what are the love languages gift giving physical touch What's it? boning? Boning, get, getting your bo- getting your fuck on, which Daniel and I we both like, and we're going to do with each other, and whatever. There's a bunch of other ones, and your one acts of service, acts of service. Your one mm. is gift giving, and Natasha's is too. And when I recognize that, because she told me that, it's not mine. I I, I truly don't care that much about. Well, she just gifts. wants someone to constantly tell him his hair looks good. Yeah, I he want compliments. Words, words of praise. Words of praise. It's true. I don't care when she gets me the Hanukkah socks. I don't care. Like I like when I get something cool. But the actual act of getting a gift, it doesn't feel that special to me. I like other stuff. and But I know that it makes Natasha feel special and thought about. And she had to tell me that in order for my uh, brain, my beautifully quaffed brain, to click into what she likes. So you got to, I think you have to tell your people. Yeah. Uh, and like, and I've, uh, like, I've always had an experience with it because like my dad's a pretty, you know, not great gift giver. And like, I think I expect that of, of, of him or, you know, whatever. But, um, it's like I know some of these people or, or, you know, in certain situations that they are like gift giving normally. Listen, oh, honey, interesting. you're okay. trying to break the cycle. You're not giving us specifics, but the more weird, vague illusions you give us, the more interesting this seems. So, yeah, breaking the cycle. That's right. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter that you, that you felt other people got a better gift than you've received. Natasha's saying it's your duty to say to these people in your life, I really like special thoughtful gifts. I don't care if they're expensive. I want them to have thought behind them. Can we work on that next year? And I think that that's an okay thing to say. I, yeah, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I just didn't know. Yeah, I think that's a good way to go about like going, like talking about it. Yeah. Well, right. I will see you at Comfort and Joy at Burning Man next year. And you know what we have an appointment to do. And good luck, honey. He's going to give me a gift. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> Bye, Daniel. Big fan. Bye. I mean, it's true. And, and that was wisdom from you. What? You brought me into your your love language, your needs. Mm, and mm. I told you a long time ago that I like words of praise. And I think that someday, maybe at the 10-year mark of our marriage, you will come into... I give you I- words of praise, honey. Mm. I do. Mm. I just... I, it was just when you were doing the that <laughs> accent with your haircut. I'm sorry. No, you did. You said I look special. Um, and that, was a, that was a word of praise in a, in a way. Uh, okay, so we have a few people. Uh, let's try to get to as many as we can. Okay, let's just read through them and see. People wrote in, um, I took the bait and engaged in argument with politics with my family. How can I de-escalate? This one seems so easy. Just don't do that again. And write an email to your family and say, I mean, unless things were said that are red lines that you can't go back on, you can all, the beautiful thing about family, the thing I love about family is that you can always write to them and say, hey, I, I wasn't acting like my best self. I got I got totally emotionally involved in, in our conversation. Don't bring up any details. Let's reset. Okay, but here's the question. Do you say that to all of them individually or can you send a group email? Oh, how about, that's where the BCC comes in. 
you, BCC? You put yourself in the two line and then you just BCC your whole family, but make it vague enough so that they think you're writing them a specific email. Okay. I mean, look, unless you found out that your family's racist and you need to keep bringing that up, if it's just something where you guys are just fighting for just for the sake of fighting, you can always just say, I broke the cardinal rule. So let's reset. And then next year, you guys can fight again. Okay, here's one. How to get grandpa to stop talking about his inflamed testicles. This one's easy, too. You jerk, boomer, him, honey. you jerk him off to completion, and they <laughs> won't be inflamed anymore. They'll come right down. Should you tell? Is it okay to tell your elder, especially if it's a man, and he's talking about his dick in a way, even though he's 80? Is it okay to be like, uh, you know, darling, you did, you have spoken about that already twice tonight. Here's do you mind not saying that, or do you just eat No, it? no, it's 100% okay. The problem with 80-year-olds is they ain't hearing it. They're like, like drunk people. they literally people. can't hear you. No, that's true too. No, you tell an 80-year-old man who wants to talk about his inflamed testicles, like, uh, darling, I think you've mentioned your testicles enough. <laughs> He's not going to respond. He's going to go like, no, I haven't. You, you haven't experienced what it feels like. I have inflamed testicles. I'm a stupid boomer. So just, just ignore kidding, Pat. them. I'm just kidding, Pat. I think doing what Natasha said, a passive-aggressive comment, knowing that he probably won't stop. Okay, here's a good one. Read this next one, Mosh. My parents gave my boyfriend money. I don't like that. How do I say don't do that? I don't know why. Like as a holiday gift? Is that the implication here? My mom gave us a check for $200. <laughs> um, I, This one, to me, I'm like, what do you mean you don't like that? What the fuck do you care? Well, I mean, what if what if her, her partner is or her boyfriend is like kind of maybe hinting that he needs money or something i i need maybe, to know more info i think there's a reason why you don't like this and i think someone if it's your parents you have to talk to or the boyfriend you have to talk to i think it's okay to say to your boyfriend like um hey listen that 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 whole that makes me just uncomfortable do you mind if they don't give you money i'm confused here i need more info this is a holiday holiday hangover edition right if your parents gave your boyfriend money for the holidays there's nothing wrong with that. It's none of your fucking business. If your parents gave your boyfriend money because he needs money and it had nothing to do with the holidays, yeah, I'm not down with that at all. That that. It is weird though to give someone like a thousand dollars for Christmas or we need more info. Will you write us back and tell us more? Okay, here's one. How do you shop for people you hate, but you know you need to buy them something? Oh, that's good. Turn uh, Jewish. I don't buy anyone anything anymore except you. What do you mean, my family? Turn Jewish. You don't have to do the Christmas thing. Like every oh, single. It sounded a lot like you were engaging cousin. in anti-Semitic tropes. Oh, I'm saying like well, now that I'm now that I celebrate Hanukkah, my mom, my family. No, they one, don't expect a Christmas gift. Nothing. Interesting. I think you might just be fomenting resentment in your family. Oh, they're probably like she's Jewish, so she can't buy us a Christmas gift. How do you shop for someone you hate? But you have to buy gift card. Duh. This is a gift card situation. Yeah. The most thoughtless gift out there. And you just give it to them and you've given it to them. What's the correct way to open presents on Christmas slash Hanukkah? Free for all or one at a time? I have strong feelings about this. What Obviously do you think? Obviously one at a time. One at a time. What are you kidding? A free for all. Our kid tries to do that. Be a fucking no. animal. No, it's one at a time. And then you, you look at the gift and you go, whoa, cool, fun. And then you move on to the next one. Okay, here's one. I don't like this. My sister and her husband are starting to bully and fat shame their 12-year-old son. Oof. Whoa. Oof. Now, are you... It's your sister. You could maybe say something to your sister, like, one-on-one. -on -one, that not will never, ever end well. Really? I, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. Bully their 12-year-old? I can see what... Yeah, like... That's yeah. so mean. I used to have a friend whose husband always was, like, putting her down, and I didn't know if... Like it felt made me so uncomfortable. And I didn't know how to. What was I supposed to say? Are you I, saying you can't mention anything to your sister? No, no, no. If she's treating not, her kid badly. I'm not saying that. I, in a way that psychologically could fuck with them. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when Pete, when it comes to the way people raise their children, they're so sensitive that when you have that conversation, you ought to know that you risk um, blowing your relationship with your sister completely up. Wow. Um, I am interested in this. I think this is tough. I think you could pull. Yeah, I think you're right, Natasha. This person needs to take a risk and say, I'm noticing that the way that you're talking to your son is just and really... And this is private. Private. is really belittling, and it really makes me uncomfortable. 
and I just had to say something and know that it might affect your relationship with that with your sister. And then you can say like, you know, I know it's not my place and we can stop talking about it now. I just want I just had to get it off my chest because I really love blank. Maybe you don't love them because it does say 12 year old son or stepson. So maybe it's I see it's a stepson for the husband. It's, oh, but it's your sister's son. And I think it'd be OK for you also to, t- to you know, sidebar with the 12 year old and say, really? Yeah, I think. I don't know. This one's tough. I think you say maybe to your, you say to your sister, I was going to I just I just have to tell you from an outside perspective, mm-hmm. like it just it really kind of had an effect on me and I had to say something. It's a tough one. But I think you're right. I think you're right. And if she's like, fuck you, I'll say whatever I want to my goddamn loser son, whatever. The, and if she does that then the, and your relationship blows up, then I think, yeah, then you text a 12 year old and you say, I just want you to know. That the way your mom and stepdad talk to you isn't okay and it's causing a rift in the relationship with me and your sister and I want you to know that it's not cool and I see you and then take him to Avatar, the way of water. <laughs> okay. Uh, when to start alternating family's houses for Christmas in a relationship? I love my family. Okay, here's the thing. You might have a better family. Mm. Sometimes you can barter this. You can be like, hey, could we like always spend Christmas with my family and we could maybe spend flag day with you know uh thanksgiving you know you can kind of like maybe barter this a little bit like Mm -hmm. if you really do have a better christmas situation um what do you think moshe i'm i i think this one that's what's nice about starting your own family because now we're just like oh we you guys can everyone can come to us a hundred percent this is i this is reason enough to have children even if you don't (laughs) want children and you think you'd be an irresponsible parent have a child and then you'll have an endless excuse to not have to go to their uh, to the the family members you don't like anymore. There's another one about shitty family members. Do we need to make an effort to visit shitty family members who happen to live nearby? I think the answer is no. Send them a send them a gift basket. Keep it moving. I agree. Um, okay, so here's I mean, we can't really get to all these, but uh, here's one. Okay, how do I make holidays more enjoyable when no one plans anything but me, mommy claws? Hmm. This- I mean. This sounds familiar. You know, at a certain point, I've been thinking about this lately. At a certain point, people need to accept the fact that they are the one. That women are going to do everything. Okay. You think women are the only ones that plan vacations? Uh, No, some men do, but they're a different type of man. Oh, so here's a gendered stereotype you don't hear much about. Men don't plan vacations. I mean, that's just not, that's not in, that's not a real, that you are the person that plans the vacations more in our relationship. Mm-hmm. You think that's gendered? Mm-hmm. Laura? Fucking A. I can't win. I can't get a good haircut going. How do I make holidays more enjoyable when no one plans anything but me? Maybe, okay, here's a suggestion. The one that I've given you. If it makes you resentful to plan the holiday. Don't do it. And your partner doesn't plan the holiday. Don't do it. There's a fucking Berenstein Bears book about this. Where Mama Bear just decides one day she's going to stop doing everything. And everything falls apart. Why don't you just plan less next year and enjoy what you get? Okay, here's one. Uh, How do I not feel jealous of family members that are more successful than you? How do I say it again? How do you not feel jealous when you're around family members who are more successful than you oh well jealousy has nothing to do with the success of other people Mm. that's my opinion jealousy has to do everything with your own self-esteem also i remember listening to friendly but say that um she never understood jealousy because if you are jealous of one aspect of someone's life that means you would have to have it all Mm -hmm. in order for that aspect to come exactly how it is so do you really want every part i mean yes you're jealous of the blank but would you really want to have you know, uh, D, C, E, and F as well, because that is all part of the package of that person. Totally. And also, like, I know that when I get jealous of people, I got jealous once when I read a casting notice about a wrestler in the show Glow. Remember Glow? Mm -hmm. The show about female wrestlers? Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I didn't get that. I wasn't up for the female wrestler part, but I got jealous. It's all about me not feeling like I am good enough. So... You know, what do they say? Compare and despair, comparing your insides to other people's outsides. The The name of the game with jealousy is to become the person that you want to be, not to be to get the things that someone else has. I agree. Um, here's a good one that I relate to. How do you prevent unwanted gifts from family? Mm. That's hard. I keep telling everyone in my family, please don't send me anything 
my kid already has so much stuff and that will not prevent people from bringing things to my home that have a minimum of 25 pieces of each thing. So when someone gives you something, they are giving you like at least uh, 50 pieces of something when mm-hmm. you're, when, when it's a kid, it's too much. And I, whenever I have a present, like whenever I have a party for my kid, I always stress, please don't give presents. But that's probably cruel, and I'm sure I'll get hate mail for this. Here's one. How do I get my... Wait, but what do you think about that? I don't... This is not an interesting question to me. How to That's because you like stuff. (laughs) I don't think so. And your mom's a hoarder. And every time... Why you got to bring my mama into it? I'm just saying there's like so many... How do you get... I mean, do you throw them in the garbage? Get the gift and throw it in the trash. Your mom has given me a frozen yogurt machine. She will listen to this podcast. A frozen banana machine. This is in the past two weeks. She's given me like three machines. My mother's love language is machines. <laughs> machines from Amazon. Here's a hard one. How do I tell my boomer parents to stop commenting on my weight? Okay. I feel strongly about this. I Wait, feel... that's not one of them. Oh, okay. It is. Well, right. You thought I made that? I, oh, I, you thought I improv that? <laughs> well, I thought you were making fun of boomers again. Okay. No. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize. Yeah. This is how boomers are. Um, I'm joking. I no, love them. Now, this one, you can say something for this sure. This one's simple. And, and I think that so many people in the world are accepting the unacceptable because of their terror of saying something directly. I just feel like that having done this podcast for years now, to me, 90% of the things that people call in about could be solved with a simple, non-confrontational, direct expression of what they want out of the person. So what do you say to your mother? So you pull your mother and your father aside, not after they commented on your weight, while you're in your emotions and they're feeling like their bullying is working. So you don't wait until they say something. Mm -hmm. You say, you set a date. I want to talk to you guys about something that has been on my mind. And they, and you sit them down and, and here's, this is all very difficult. This is all very easy to say, but you sit them down you say, I have noticed that you commenting on my weight over and over again. It makes me feel terrible. When you say that kind of stuff, I feel awful. I, I, I know what my body looks like and I either like it or don't like it, whatever you commenting on it. Isn't changing anything for me. And I need you to stop doing that. Oh, we just want you to be healthy. No matter what you want, I need you to stop doing that. I, that's something that I need. Oh, well, if you don't want us to say anything, we just thought maybe, you know, it might help you. Well, I appreciate that thought, but what I don't want is for you to say that anymore. And if they continue... Okay, I'll to, respect your wishes. Oh, thanks, Mom. And if they don't respect your wishes, which is possible, now here's where the really hard part starts. Now so, what do you say? The clear expression of a boundary. Here's my boundary. You can't say that. And then the implementation of consequences when the boundary is crossed. Okay. This is the hard part. This is the, this is even harder than having the direct conversation. I need you to stop saying things about my weight. You did it again. And now I have to tell you that if you continue to do this, I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to not be coming over here as much because I can't take it. Oh, you're threatening us. I'm letting you know what's going to happen. And then they say, well, something, something, your weight. And then you have to do the really hard part, which is actually live up to the boundary. Okay, I'm going to not come around here for a month. I'll call you in a month, Mom. What? Do you, do you, uh, you treat your own mother like this? You treat After all I did for you? Bye. One month later. Hi, Mom. It's me. What's up? Comment on your weight. Not going to talk to you for another month. And then eventually you'll figure out if you can actually have a relationship with your parent that isn't abusive. Man, I'm sorry. That really sucks. It fucking sucks. Why do people do that? They do that because they think they can. And they want to control and they think they're doing well or they think they're helping you. All right. Should we do another one that's a little funner? Here, will you scroll up a, just a little bit? Oh, wait. Hold on. My, uh, one more. Okay. Pick one, Natasha. I thought we did them all. Hold on. No. No. Family members hosting puts in zero effort, but rest oh, of the family is fine. I have one. Do you want to do this? The one you were just saying? Or not unless you have one. Well, this one I, I thought was interesting. What do I do when my right-wing family members try to explain how evolution is fake? <laughs> I mean, this is a... <laughs> this is a very, very easy solution. You will never convince them that evolution is real. They will never convince you that uh, evolution is fake. The only thing at your disposal is humor you just have to make fun of them you really? just yeah just find a joke and make fun of them 
You go, well, you know that evolution is fake. You're like, what other scientific uh, theories do you know that no, are fake? Marcia, this is bad advice. No, this, this is, is great like, advice. This is going to start a fight. What do you What do you think you do? You know, evolution's not real. I, 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 I got, oh, go ahead. You act like a royal. You just smile and nod your head. Well, actually, it reminded me of a story. I was once at a, at a rabbi's house. And a, and a woman, you know, Jews aren't really big on like abortion stuff. That's like not, even the Orthodox Jews, they don't care about abortion. It's just, I wouldn't call them like pro-choice activists, but in Orthodox Judaism, there are many different situations in which ab- abortion is not only acceptable, it's, it's mandatory, right? Even in, in, in Orthodox circles. Um, so this, I was at this ultra-Orthodox rabbi's house for Shabbat dinner, and this woman who's Jewish, but was a, like a pro-life like kind of wackadoo she's out of absolutely nowhere started talking about like you know how many babies have been killed by the scourge of abortion this year alone and expecting the rabbi to be like i love that and he he goes "Ooh, i hate when that happens and changed the subject and i always thought that was like so it was such a funny way to shut someone down and just change the subject so i, I think hate you're when right. that happens Ooh, i hate when that happens so they say they say that well you know that evolution is fake you're like i know and that's why i love it anyway what's everybody doing for hanukkah this year whatever it's it is a little just, aggressive but well yes, what's the other option to be like oh i respect your wish your views I just don't see any point in getting into a fight with someone whose mind is never going to change because it only agitates you. So what would you do? Okay, I'll be the, I'll be the, I'm the right winger. Yeah, you know, I had to pull a little, a little Cletus out of um, his science class because I don't know why I'm doing this southern accent. That's very disrespectful. I apologize. You know, you know, I had to do what bring Cletus out of science class because I was teaching him about the fake theory of evolution. Oh, how is he doing? Is he doing well in school? Well, he was until they started teaching him that we come from monkeys. He is so sweet. Um, does anyone else have uh, then just carry the conversation? Natasha, you're a master. Else. You're a master. I mean, not really because I didn't give a specific example, but you just ambrosia. Do. Does somebody else have any ambrosia? <laughs> Okay, well, listen, uh, thank you all for writing in, and hopefully we could be of some help. Happy holidays to everybody. Let and us know what you happy think of New Moshe's French crop. Give us a call, 213-222-8608. You can leave secrets or opinions on my hairstyle. EndlessHoneymoonPod at Gmail is where you can email us to get on the podcast itself. Also, uh, hit us up on Instagram, leave a comment, and also watch on YouTube. Subscribe. We had a really, really sweet holiday Patreon party. It was so nice. I mean, it was such a nice gathering with our listeners. Uh, it was like really back and forth conversation and everybody was being really vulnerable and talking about um, getting back into the swing of life post COVID. And, and that was really the theme of it. It was Hanukkah. It was Christmas. It was it was uh, it was the holidays, but it was also like, let's get back to living. And it felt so good. Be a part of our Patreon. You're missing out if you're not on our Patreon because it's a community and it's beautiful. Yeah, I had so much fun. All right. Okay, Patreon slash Endless Honeymoon. Natasha. Yeah, Mosh. I have to tell you something. Oh, what is it now? You remember when you said I look special? Yes. I also feel special. I feel that I love you. I feel like I love you too. 